0: Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of ANC's Matters of Fact. I'm your host, Christian Esguera. Now for this week, we're going to talk about the uh, denial of the House of Representatives of the application for a new franchise by ABS-CBN, which is of course the largest broadcast network here in the Philippines. Now what does that mean? Uh, Following the denial of the application for a new broadcast franchise, it means that ABS-CBN Uh, ABS-CBN's broadcasts on free TV and free radio would be permanently shut down. So for today, we're going to talk about uh, that particular move by the House of Representatives, how the president's pronouncements against ABS-CBN before somehow affected that, and of course, the latest pronouncements coming from the president saying that uh, with ABS-CBN's shutdown or with the denial of the franchise renewal, he was able to dismantle oligarchy here in the Philippines. So for this podcast, we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, I'm talking about Professor uh, Julio Tihanki. He's a former Dean of the De La Salle University College of Liberal Arts. He also used to chair the uh, two departments. Uh, First, he chaired the uh, Department of uh, Political Science and also the uh, Department of International Studies. At present, uh, Dean Tehanque is a visiting fellow at the Center for Southeast Asian Studies at Kyoto University. Thank you very much, Dean Tehanke, for joining us from Kyoto there in Japan.
1: Thank you, Christian. Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: Okay, uh, let's talk about first this this decision by the House of Representatives. I'm talking about the committee. At the committee level, they decided to reject the application for a new franchise by ABS-CBN. How big is this decision? Uh, In the context of number one press freedom and number two in the context of supposedly with this the president was able to Dismantle oligarchy in the Philippines
1: Well, yeah, it is indeed unfortunate that the uh, leadership of the house uh, in Congress uh, has decided to uh, Vote against uh, at the committee level vote against the uh, renewal of the franchise of the ABS-CPA now uh, for whatever uh, faults uh, your corporation or your, uh, uh, your company uh, committed in the past, uh, the, the non-renewal is, uh, to my mind, a bit harsh, and it would be impossible, really, to explain uh, how uh, one of the biggest uh, uh, broadcasting corporation in the country could not be given a franchise, whereas other corporations, other uh, media organizations have been granted a franchise uh, and must much given leeway, even if they have committed some lapses also in their in the running of their corporation. So I guess um, it's really uh, difficult for the congressional leaders to uh, explain, you know, to, to even spin their way out of this narrative that uh, if you take down the biggest media organization and much trusted at that uh, in, in the country, uh, you cannot explain it away and say that it is not an assault on press freedom. Because it is. It is an assault on press freedom.
0: What exactly, what exactly did the president achieve here? Because he claimed that he was able to dismantle oligarchy by, uh, by shutting down ABS-CBN. But in reality, what did he achieve here?
1: Okay, uh, we have to put it in in its proper context. The election of President Duterte was a result of uh, the failure of the the country's ruling elite, Uh, the post-Marcos post-exa ruling elite, to deepen democracy and to deliver on the promise of development uh, and democracy. So... um, uh, President Duterte uh, ran along that narrative, that campaign narrative, and of course he won. And uh, and he now he's saying that he is fulfilling his campaign narrative of going against the elite or the so-called oligarchy. Now we have to we have to be precise about our language. Who exactly comprised the oligarchy, and what is it? what is yeah, precisely
0: you know? precisely.
1: So, uh, the classical textbook definition in political science of an oligarchy is the rule of the wealthy few. No? But the oligarchy is just a subcategory uh, or a subset of a bigger, uh, bigger ruling group in any society, which is the ruling elite. And specifically, we have to distinguish between two kinds of ruling elites the oligarchy is part of what is known as the elite of wealth no? or what we call the socioeconomic class. But the other part of the ruling elite, the national ruling elite, you have the elite of power or the political class. No? So uh, essentially, oligarchs are uh, are individuals no? who have accumulated vast, tremendous uh, uh, material wealth. And it's no surprise that the current ruling class in this country, the socioeconomic elite, most of the families that comprise this subset of our society derive them, their wealth uh, from the traditional land holdings of the past. Mm. So we have had historical uh, wealthy families, elite families, like the Lopezes, who have made uh, their wealth through their land holdings in the past, since the time of the Spanish period, all the way to the time of the American period and the post-war republic. And uh, then again, you have to distinguish oligarchs as individuals, you know, as economic uh, wealth holders and their corporations. Although sometimes it's difficult to uh, separate the two, but uh, the corporation is different and performs a different set of r- role for society, uh, whether it is, uh, of course, in pursuit of the self-interest or the political interest of the owner, is another issue altogether. Mm -hmm. So you have to separate, for example, the role of ABS-CBN as a provider of of the dependable, wide, and and trustworthy information and entertainment, and the economic and political interests of the owners of the corporation. These are two separate
0: so, so just to be clear, just because a family is wealthy, it doesn't necessarily follow that that family can be classified as an oligarchy or an oligarch.
1: Of course, um, uh, in the past,
0: um, the
1: traditional wealthy families, and we have to distinguish also, no, uh, that the oligarchs are uh, is a, both a cause and if an effect mm-hmm. of the. The present system, no? they're a mere reflection of how unequal our current societal and socio-economic system, and even political system is. To give you an example, no? uh, the Philippines has a dozen Forbes billionaires listed with a combined net worth of fifty-five billion dollars. No, but. And their combined wealth constitute 19.44 percent of our of our nation's GDP. So that's uh, a dozen family, a dozen individuals whose wealth is equivalent to already 20 percent of our total GDP. Hmm. Okay, but if you compare that, for example, with Indonesia, which has double our population at 264 million, Indonesia has 20 Forbes listed billionaires but the combined wealth of the 20 billionaires in Indonesia only comprise six point ninety nine percent of Indonesia's GDP mm-hmm. so this stat- statistic is very telling no that indeed compared to the population size and the combined wealth of uh, and the number of uh, billionaires no Um we have a, a more inequitable social structure in this country. Uh, two more examples, no? If we compare it to two other ASEAN countries, no? If we look at Thailand, which has a population of only 68 million, Thailand with a population of 68 million has um, 30 billionaires listed, and they comprise 14 per, uh, they comprise 22% of the GDP. So, at the smaller uh, size population, larger number of billionaires, equivalent to our 12, which also has the, almost the same level of, uh, uh, of uh, GDP wealth. Mm. So uh, what is the meaning of this? The implication is that going after one or two so-called oligarchs or wealthy families Will not put a dent on the ine- unequal system that we have. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it will not have a significant dent on our inequality. Why? Because again, empirically, if you look at the data, if you look at the statistics, uh, the Philippines still has the highest level of economic inequality measured through what is known in economics as the Gini coefficient. Uh, In the Philippines, uh, our Gini coefficient, our our level of inequality stands at 44.4%. Imagine that. Mm. So that means that the gap between the rich and the poor is still huge. Mm. So uh, indeed, uh, oligarchic power, the control of the, the economic elite, over the fate of uh, Philippine society is indeed problematic. But if you just target one or two families, and then you ignore the others, or if you don't totally consider changing fundamentally what is wrong with the structures and the system, then that is not uh, reform. That is simply partisan politics. Is that also shakedown? well looking at history that was uh, of course uh, if we look back at history uh, the dictator ferdinand marcos uh, also used uh, the 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 elite, elite nature of our politics as a as a uh, reason for declaring martial law and of course we know what happened no uh, the, the marcoses forced the lopez to sell APS, so um, one cannot uh, simply forget the lessons of history.
0: But is this what's happening here? You said that if you just target one or two uh, oligarchic families, that's not dismantling oligarchy, but basically that's just a reflection of part- partisan politics. In reality, is this what's happening under the Tertina?
1: Unfortunately, um, the real issue here Uh, oligarchic control has been written about by many scholars already. Uh, There's a a huge literature on the topic. But if you look at the literature, the real issue is chronic capitalism. Mm. So, if you really want to change the system, what is chronic capitalism? Some would call it rent-seeking. The real issue is chronic capitalism which is simply defined as the use of political connections instead of productivity to accumulate and defend wealth. Mm-hmm. No? And that has been uh, the system ever since. No? Uh, one president's oligarch was another president's crony. No? That has always been the, the system in this country. No? So once, once oh, one president's uh, oligarch was another president's crony. And uh, uh, the system was actually perpetuated in collusion uh, with the elite of power, the political class, which is largely composed of ta-dan, political dynasty. No? Yeah. That has always been our issue. No? So both the crony capitalists and the political dynasties and the oligarchs of this society comprise what is known as elite democracy. What we've had before Marcos, although formally it is called liberal democracy or representative democracy, our democracy has always been a democracy for the elite. Mm. And then Marcos used that as an excuse to supposedly dismantle elite control of our country, but use it to accumulate his own wealth and to. Cultivate his own set of cronies,
0: but but in this case, in the case of President Duterte, are we seeing a repeat of that? In the sense that uh, he seems to be targeting specific families today, uh, but ending up replacing them with his own set of cronies.
1: Well, we can only uh, we can only deduce from what he has been saying to the public so far, no? and he has uh, mentioned uh, some things along along those lines, no? and in fact he said that uh, uh iba naman dapat ang yumaman di ba yeah. <laughs> hindi dapat yung yung tate kumpara in from his perspective tapos na kayo yumaman na kayo iba naman dapat ang
0: yumaman no but and what now, do you of think course, of that what do you think of that uh, mentality
1: that is actually problematic because that is what you call in political science is a patrimonial or personalistic approach to the economy no uh, uh you know the economy development should be based on. Uh, if we believe in free market, the free market will only operate through competition, no? And there should be an open competition. Of course, there are different strategies towards development. Some countries have evolved by just letting their markets free and open to any entrepreneurs or capitalists, whether big or small. But there are also other models of development in which the state played a big role because the state was uh, administered by professional bureaucrats mm. who are non-partisan and objective. And at the same time, the politicians had the mandate because they were elected based on their platforms and their vision of governance. Case in point, Japan, this country uh, of which I'm now currently based. Uh, while... Uh, in terms of their economic trade, no, uh, the state supported several industries, no, their heavy industries, their uh, electronic uh, industry, and so on and so forth. But they allowed big corporations to compete with one another no? equally. And whoever wins in the competition will get the subsidies from the state so that they can compete in the international arena. Mm -hmm. And this is done objectively uh, without any partisanship. Of course, there are, of course, uh, some uh, corruption even in Japan from time to time, but not as uh, uh, detrimental to economic development. Because Mm -hmm. in the final analysis, while politicians, bureaucrats, or even uh, political leaders pursue their personal political interests or economic interests, they also have the interest of the entire nation in mind.
0: Okay. And in now, so. now let's talk about where the message is coming from. The messenger himself, President Duterte. Of course, uh, on its face, it's good if you hear these words coming from the president saying that he wants to dismantle oligarchy. And according to him, he has in fact dismantled oligarchy. But that coming from President Duterte himself, uh, who himself is actually a product of a political dynasty, the patriarch of a political dynasty. First question, Dean. The, the, president Duterte himself, given his uh, political dynasty in Davao, and now that he's president, can he be considered as an oligarch? Uh,
1: if, again, no. Uh, the problem is really uh, uh, political... Uh, The problem is elite democracy. And if the president truly wants to leave a legacy of meaningful and transformative change in this country, he should uh, go against uh, the very same class that has supported him. Uh, He should go beyond his rhetoric and take on the crony capitalists and the political dynasties. And that will be truly transformative and will have a tremendous impact on our uh, society's future, especially in the post-COVID future. Now, the problem is since since EDSA, most post-EDSA presidents have concentrated really on the economy, which is okay. But given the the setup of our our system, uh, they start with the economy, they try to revive the economy, uh, believing in trickle-down theory of neoliberalism, and then they, they, they attempt to institute social reforms, and then they, uh, they barely have time to complete these social reforms, which are also incremental and piecemeal, because they cannot truly ag- go against the, the elite of the country, and then uh, they also forget to implement political reforms. So that has always been the story of one president to another. Right?
0: What the, what so do you they, think what do you think would be the uh sorry for cutting off, Dina. Uh, what do you think would be the uh, the the biggest uh, indicator uh that the president really means business as far as oligarchs are concerned?
1: Well, simply pass a genuine anti political dynasty law because uh the the oligarchs and the the billionaires, no, they do not have the political power to sustain this unequal system. They are part of the system, but the true power that perpetuates this kind of a system uh, are the the political uh, class, no, and 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 the crony capitalists that uh, sustains the political class. And of course, this is. Uh, Again, part of the perpetuation of elite rule, the political dynasty. So if truly uh, President Duterte uh, is uh, sincere in trying to dismantle oligarchy in this country, he should start by uh, passing a genuine anti-political dynasty law. Why? If you look at Congress, 71% of the current Congress are from political dynasties. Uh, the introduction of the uh, partyless uh, uh, system, which is supposed to represent the marginalized, no? uh, is now populated by political dynasties as well. So uh, the entire machinery of government, even in the bureaucracy, uh, is uh, full of uh, relatives of the same political clan. No? And of course, here comes uh, the moral hazard, no? uh, and then uh the use of political position for wealth accumulation and for the defense of wealth
0: is this so, what's happening now i'd like to uh i'd like to ask about the the relationship or the dynamics between oligarchs and political dynasties is there really uh, a fine line or basically given our realities in the philippines there's basically none
1: oh well of course uh, if you remember uh the godfather no uh one of the quotes from the Godfather trilogy is uh, uh, finance and politics are the same. No? Uh, finance is the gun. Politics is knowing when to pull the trigger. Right? So uh, uh, wealth and power go hand in, uh, goes hand in hand. And of course, uh, one can concentrate on accumulating wealth in order to get power. And one can have power and use that power to accumulate. So uh this has been the equation no? uh, of power and uh, economy in this country
0: mm. so in this in this case uh we have a lot of political dynasties or members of political dynasties that are also oligarchs. basically, they yes. may have started as oligarchs accumulated wealth, right. and then they went right. to politics to keep right. growing their wealth at the same time uh getting defend more their po- defend their wealth and getting more political power
1: yes, yes. So uh, just because uh, you supported this party or that personality or this president or that president, uh, it perpetuates itself. No? And uh, in the final analysis, uh, uh, the losers are the people. Why? That's the reason why we still have our OFWs because uh, there are not enough uh, economic opportunities in this country for them to just stay at home. <laughs> Stay in, in in the Philippines, and we're losing all these talented Filipinos abroad who are now risking their lives amidst this COVID pandemic, and now uh, their 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 future is uncertain because of the economic uncertainties that lie ahead. So really, uh, this is no time to go after, uh, to go for political vendetta or personal to go against personal grudges. This is really time to be serious and think about the future of the country and not be uh, focused on petty fighting uh, among the elites.
0: Also, uh, we're hearing this message, uh, this, this battle against oligarchy coming from the likes of Alan Peter Cayetano. Uh, basically, it's echoing what the president has been saying regarding uh, this campaign against oligarchy. But let's talk about the political history of the Cayetanos. At present, you have four Cayetanos in elective posts. One senator, one house speaker, the wife of the speaker, uh, is a congresswoman in the other district in Taguig City. And of course, the city is run by the brother of Alan Peter Cayetano, Lino Cayetano, as the mayor. So what do you make of these, uh, of the, uh, of these statements made against oligarchy coming from someone like Cayetano? Is he himself well, course, an oligarch?
1: Well, of course, uh, he is a a a dynasty himself. No, he's a, he belongs to a political dynasty, uh, political dynasty, uh, uh, a fat dynasty at that, because uh, they occupy practically uh, all the elected positions in in, in their constituency, and uh, really. Uh, I would like to quote, no, uh, Gandhi, no, be the change you want to be, no. If uh, if ever the uh, uh, speaker uh, is really uh, sincere in his uh, in his call to change the system, he should uh, pass a, a an anti dynasty bill and you know be an example, no. Uh, even if it goes against his uh, family's interests. No? so that is a true measure of. Uh, uh, one's uh, uh, commitment to uh, to nationhood no, and development no? if uh, you can sacrifice uh, for the sake of the country's future. No? So, yeah, so that's the challenge not only for the speaker but also for the rest of the members of the House uh, to consider putting a cap on the on the number of uh, times that they get elected and at the same time, uh, passing the, the position from one uh, member of the family to another.
0: Okay, Now for context, uh, for our listeners, uh, Dean Julio Tehanke was part also of the uh, consultative committee formed by President Rodrigo Duterte, I think more than two years ago already, uh, that drafted a uh, federal constitution for the president. But unfortunately, uh, I'm not sure whether the House of Representatives bothered to yes. actually adopt most of it, but they adopted some of them, right? Specifically yes. the one that you worked on, the political yes. and electoral uh, reforms.
1: The very first thing that the House uh, deleted from the draft were all the political and electoral reforms that I've introduced. So uh, that is already uh, an indication of uh, of the their interest. No? And uh, sadly, uh, the interest of uh, most of our elected representatives is actually just to abolish term limits. No? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's so self-serving. No? So that, that's, it will benefit them. No? But yeah, we can abolish uh, term limits if they also pass an anti-dynasty law, right? So that will, that will supplement each other. No? But the ideal situation is uh, you have a form of term limits and at the same time, a regulation on Political dynasties.
0: No, no. Dean, uh, what then would be I'm, what would be a genuine political part anti political dynasty law?
1: Yes, a genuine political dynasty law uh, would ban uh, members of the same political family up to the fourth and fifth level of uh, blood and uh, and uh, uh, relations. No uh, affinity, kingship, affinity, right? Yeah. And then. Uh, um,
0: forgotten <laughs> I, think, I think I think the proposal was right. up to second degree of consanguinity, degree of consanguinity
1: affinity, because I remember
0: right. the debates during the uh, consultative right. committee that if you expand right. that up to fourth degree uh, you yes. might end up dismantling all politi- political families in the Philippines at present right. but the principle behind it uh, Christian is really uh,
1: it is akin to uh, the economy. No? If there is a monopoly or an oligopoly, that is an indication of market failure no? or market inefficiency. So, in the same light, in the political arena, if you have only a handful of uh, of uh, politicians being elected to the same position and they pass it on to the same family, then that is a form of political monopoly. Uh, other politicians have said, no, and former presidents and former mayors have said that we are, we, we've we been elected. No, There's no dynasty. No, That is not true because once you are elected, you automatically have the incumbency advantage. And incumbency advantage doesn't simply mean name recall. No, It's access to resources that can get you re-elected. And in most instances, it has something to do with pork barrel. No? so And of course, we know that uh, pork is the main engine for... Uh, the uh, for running things, you no, know? it's how things get run in the house, you no, know? and that's how uh, bills are passed or franchises are killed, right?
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, and also quite interestingly, we've been hearing that same argument from the likes of uh, Speaker Kaitano. Uh, I remember he was uh, justifying the the fact that four family members were running uh, during the same elections by saying that uh, we were elected anyway. We're being uh, we're not. Uh, passing on one position to the next family member the same argument by uh, joseph estrada before
1: of course uh, yeah but you have to distinguish procedural democracy that is you know procedural you you run for office you get elected no and substantive democracy who elected you and how were you elected no? Were you elected based on your platform or were you elected because you were endorsed or you you had the political machine or you gave away uh, patronage so that, that's the difference no between a substantive and procedural democracy yeah you may be, you may have been elected but how were you elected no. so, so
0: that's the question let's talk about the 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 the, uh, the chances in reality of uh, this present congress of the, uh, this present uh, administration of actually enacting a genuine anti-political dynasty uh, law?
1: I don't think so. It will not happen. It will not happen in this, in this Congress. It might not happen in next Congress. Really. So <laughs> uh, that's the sad reality is what it is. No? Uh, 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 our politicians are, uh, are self-interested uh, utility maximizers no? as much as possible. They will uh, maximize their uh, advantage. So I think the um, the way out here really is for the people to exercise our our right you know, uh, to organize, mobilize, educate each other, especially the 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 next generation, you know, the so-called Zoomer generations, you know, uh, the millennials, you know, to really uh, take it upon themselves to elect the right people. You know? And uh, there is now a, uh, of course, there's be, there's this uh, trend towards uh, uh, erosion of democ- democracy around the world, you know? but we are also seeing a pushback coming from different sectors of society. Mm-hmm. And we are already seeing that in the United States and we're seeing it all around. You know? In the same light that uh, uh, my generation was part of that generation that bought the Marcos dictatorship in order for us to restore this democracy, no matter how flawed, uh, we should defend democracy.
0: Mm. Now, speaking of oligarchy, uh, let's compare the, the oligarchy under this current administration compared to previous administrations. Uh, some are saying that uh, it's actually worse today than it was before. What do you think?
1: Uh, for me, generally whether it's one president or the other, it's the system, it's the same system that's, uh, that's, that's bad. No? Uh, uh, this current administration is just uh, uh, doing what previous administrations have done. You know? And that's the sad part. As I've said, uh, the election of, uh, of a populist president like uh, Rodrigo Duterte was a result of the frustration of the people. The politics of anger, because of uh, the failure of all post-Marcos, post-EDSA presidents, to really uh, uh, introduce real development and reforms and social social reforms, uh, such that, for example, no, we still have one of the most uh, the smallest, smaller middle class in uh, in Southeast Asia. We have failed to expand our middle class, uh, uh, and of course, any any functioning democracy uh, depends on a uh, 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 well-informed, uh, participative, and uh, and uh, active middle class. So and
0: a, yeah. huh? a strong middle class. And a strong middle class. Mm-hmm. No? And a strong middle class.
1: Uh, nowadays, uh, yeah, uh, the middle class are, are marginalised because they cannot, they might, they 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 have the capacity to understand the situation, but they they're not organised. No, unlike during the time of Marcos, uh, uh, the the turning point was when the middle class started participating in the anti-dictatorship struggle. Mm. So no. uh, the challenge also is among the educated, no. Uh, let us not blame uh, the poor. No, let it's like blaming the victim. No, it's let's not call them bobotante. No, uh, we should understand where they are coming from. And in fact, if you look at the the recent presidential election, it wasn't the poor who voted for Rodrigo Duterte. It was largely the middle class who voted for Duterte. So, uh, the middle class should uh, reconsider its position on things and start uh, being active in, in the national conversation. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, earlier I mentioned the word uh, the word shakedown because uh, if you look at what's happening uh, under this administration, it seems la- that um, certain families or certain companies are uh, getting a lot of uh, flack or under heavy fire from the president himself uh, when in reality what's happening is that it seems that it's not trying to change the system. Actually, but he's targeting specific families, and what he's doing is a shakedown. I ask this question because, for example, uh, let's talk about what happened to the Ayala's uh, and the uh, Mainilad, for example, uh, Manila Water, and of course MVP and the uh, And early during the administration early on in this administration, uh, the first target of President Duterte was Bobby Ongpin. But if mm-hmm. you look at uh, if you look at what has happened since then, it seems uh, like uh, He's just targeting specific families, and that he seems to be favoring other families. So, what, what exactly is happening? Do you think it's actually a shakedown that's happening?
1: Well, one can perceive it to be like a shakedown, or but of course, uh, one can also uh, say that uh, it's partisan. No? Uh, you target you target other uh, oligarchs because some other oligarchs supported you. So it can go both ways, no? Uh, it's, it can be either uh, you shake down, oh let's settle this. Uh, give me, give me this and that. So it can it can be taken as that, no? But like mighty on cigarettes. The other hand, hmm. yeah. What what mighty happened cigarettes, to mighty? So. Yeah. But remember, mighty cigarettes uh, became very big under another administration. Yeah. So uh, through the support whether uh, according to reports no uh, through the help of another administration that's the reason why uh, mighty became big no and then of course uh, the, com- the competitor invested on another candidate and that
0: candidate won so that's mm. how things are no
1: it's uh, a very yeah, personalistic
0: so, uh, approach no
1: it's patrimonial in a, in a political science term no it's mm. personalistic or uh, as other political scientists, or even the sociologist Max Weber said, it's sultanistic. No? <laughs> so para kang sultan, no?
0: now, na what, you decide. What, now, what would be the long-term impact of this on the Philippines if this is the approach that uh, we're we're seeing now, uh, in terms of a president dealing with oligarchy? Yeah. What 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 do you uh, think would again, be the long-term impact and perhaps the dangers?
1: Uh, The danger has always been there because the practice has been embedded in the system. If we truly want to uh, develop as a country, as a nation, Uh, we should start by uh, uh, separating uh, business from politics. Uh, We should insulate our bureaucracy from partisan politics. Uh, We should have uh, insulate the entire state from particularistic interests, rent seeking, uh, cronies, or oligarchs. And then we should reform and overhaul our entire political system, beginning by how we elect our leaders. No? Okay. So we should uh, put in institute laws that will uh, uh, promote uh, idea based uh, political parties no? and at the same time regulate. Uh, uh, the number of times uh, politicians are elected or regulate the number of relatives that can be elected with them so these are these are tried and tested policy proposals that have succeeded or has, has proven successful in other countries and I don't think I don't know the reason why we cannot I don't see any reason why if we put our full energy into it and if the people will elect the right set of leaders and support the right type of people then uh it's possible
0: i'd like to go uh, more deeply in what you said because basically you just mentioned how to solve this problem of oligarchy by putting in place a lot of systemic uh changes or systemic reforms and one important Precisely. thing that you mentioned Dean was uh, a genuine political party system uh, of course uh we've seen a lot of proposals uh, a political party reform act languishing in one congress to another and i think you you know the reason precisely why such uh, proposals uh, have not actually moved because they would be going against their own self interest let's let's explain uh, in more concrete terms to our listeners why for example if you have a genuine political party system in the in, in, in the long run, that would prevent rent seeking, that would somehow minimize or avoid what we call elite capture or even regulatory, regulatory capture, uh, coming from big businesses who are pushing their own interests yes. through the elected officials and the regulatory bodies. Right. Yeah, let's explain that to our listeners. For example, you have a very strong political system, political party system you're no longer dependent on the for example donations of individual families but you, you can come somehow raise your own resources let's talk about the importance right. of that
1: that's the reason why uh, also in the in the the draft constitution that we submitted to president Duterte, uh, we introduce uh, a political uh, finance reforms in which uh, 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 citizens can donate directly, and corporations can uh, uh, donate to political parties, and uh, they can uh, so they can uh, submit this donation as uh, tax breaks. No? Uh, and uh, the idea there is, if you are funded by the people, uh, then uh, you you your uh your allegiance will be to the people who funded you rather than the mm. business interests that, that have funded you so you're accountable uh, to them to be, you're accountable to the people the people who have funded you no? so that is one uh reform that we have introduced no uh a a a, uh, a fund a financing scheme for political parties because um as we know it is expensive to run for public office and uh, and, and setting up your own uh, electoral machine uh, is also uh, uh, expensive. You know? It costs money. So uh, that's the reason why a lot of our millennials, a lot of our professionals, a lot of our uh, well-meaning uh, citizens cannot uh, meaningfully participate in, in the electoral arena because uh, they're crowded out by the political dynasties who already have the... Uh, uh, incumbency advantage in terms of their access to both resources and, uh, and uh, uh, the machinery.
0: And that explains why we're getting more of the same politicians and the quality of politicians now. Yes, and precisely based on uh, the estimates of the Ateneo School of
1: Government, uh, uh, in in five or ten years, practically uh, uh, almost 100% of our house will be composed of dynasties. Okay. So it's really a, a, a testimony to uh, the elite democracy that have been uh, is institutionalized in this country.
0: Finally, Dean, uh, where do you think uh, this battle by the president against oligarchy uh, is headed, given the, um, given the, the way he has, waged, he has been waging this?
1: Well, again, to be fair to the president, uh, just like in previous administrations, there will be winners and losers. No? there will be oligarchs or even cronies who will lose, and there will be oligarchs and cronies who will win so in in the ca- in in the case of this administration, unfortunately uh, you lost <laughs> so so uh, but yeah. Uh, and, and unless we really uh, address the systemic and structural issues that have uh, uh, led to the institutionalization of elite democracy, such as crony capitalism and, and uh, political dynasties, then this will be just a continuing cycle from one administration to another. But so, think- in the next administration, if it's not uh, somebody from this administration, they will go after those who benefited under this administration, and so on and so forth.
0: But do you still get the sense that somehow President Duterte is sincere with this uh, campaign against oligarchy? Or not really?
1: Well, it's, it's not for me to to judge the sincerity of the president. No, it's up to the people to, to see whether uh, he's truly sincere in his uh, in actions.
0: But based on so, what you're seeing so far...
1: Based from what I'm seeing, uh, if, he, if he doesn't limit his campaign against the oligarchy to just a handful and make it uh, system-wide, uh, address competitiveness of the country, open our markets, uh, uh, give more, uh, more uh, funding to small and to medium uh, entrepreneurs, uh, fund more research and uh, uh, research and innovation you know, uh, then we can see that you know uh, if you open up competitiveness rather than just selectively uh, taking on uh, one or two wealthy family or individuals, then truly that is the mark of your sincerity. The same goes for our political class. If you are truly sincere in your campaign against the oligarchy, dismantle yourself. <laughs>
0: Well well said, uh, Dean Julio Tehanki. Thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you, Christian. Stay safe. And that's it for this week's episode of Matters of Fact. I'm your host, uh, Christian Esguera. Now, if you like this show, leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or share this uh, episode on social media because it helps uh, new listeners to find us.